to episode three of the Binge Picture Podcast, the podcast where each week the three of us are going to watch every single Best Picture winner at the Oscars in a completely random order. I'm one of your hosts, Ross Benvenick, and joining me are my buddies, I guess. You guess? <laughs> what the fuck is this? I'm fine, I'm fine with that t- I'm fine with that c- title. I'm fine with that. I don't. I don't necessarily need to be his friend anymore. I feel I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm fine where I'm at right now. I'm fine. You might be I'm his sorry. friend, but there's no guarantee you're his buddy. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. The, the movie from this week, it got me down. Sick! <laughs> <laughs> Were you a fan, Ross? Oh, my. So I it was this was great. This was our third movie we've watched. And if I had to rank them... This would be third place by quite a wide margin. Mm. It's a it's a good time. <laughs> We've got some yeah. thoughts and feelings for y'all this week. And we are going to dive right into it. Caleb, Ooh, yeah. do you want to get us started with A Beautiful Mind, directed by Ron Howard, the Best Picture winner at the 74th Academy Awards? Our boy, Ron Howard. All right, so this is 2001. Great year for movies. We've got a beautiful yeah. mind coming out, um, and this is what it's about. So it's uh, 1947, um, and John Nash by Russell Crowe. The okay, I'm already going to start getting us off the rails. Uh, it is Ross, hold it. Hold it, my child. Hold it. Let me hold get it. Let me get hold it. No, 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 no. Let Caleb go. Okay, Caleb, okay. go. Caleb, Caleb, go. Caleb, go. I will... John Nash shows up at Princeton University. Um, He's ready for grad school. It's going to be a great time. Um, He's got a math scholarship to Princeton. Everything's good. He's a whiz kid. He's he's fucking Sheldon Cooper. Let's be honest. He's Sheldon Cooper from the 40s. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a brilliant... Ross Hold. I was supporting his statement. (laughs) Ross Hold. Don't be so bossy. You're not going to be his buddy for long talking like that. I will boss! Um, So he's got no social skills. He's super awkward, and he's... He's a horrible character. Um, he's horrible. <laughs> we see him. Oh, he's God, starting to so trying to adjust to life at the new school, uh, <laughs> but he's mostly just obsessed with scribbling equations on his dorm windows with little pieces of chalk. Um, his roommate Charles, who's played by Paul Bettany, um, tries to push him to loosen up. They bond over drinks, uh, and he starts kind of getting into the swing of things at college. He meets Richard Soule, who's played by Adam Goldberg, um, and then Martin. I love Adam yeah. Goldberg. He's great. Yeah. Uh, he's generally a pretty strong actor. I think he was strong in this, too. Um, Martin. Yeah, he's good. Josh, like Josh Lucas is the actor for Martin. And then the other guy, Bender, is Anthony Rapp. And I think I'm, forget- I think I'm forgetting a guy. Uh, but whatever. I'm yeah. sorry to that guy. Hey, who, gives a sh- who gives a shit? Uh, <laughs> they butt heads for a while. Do you feel shame? Do you feel shame? Yes, I worked on the Beautiful Mind movie. My God, man. <laughs> they, uh... You've done so worse for humanity. We've regressed because of you. So, like, uh, John Nash, Russell Crowe's button heads with all these people because he just has no social skills, but they start to kind of become friends. Can we also talk about how Russell Crowe was nearly 40 years old when they made yeah. this movie and you're trying to tell me he's playing a goddamn college kid? Yeah, but you know, here's the thing: he he never ages. <laughs> His face never looks different. Well, he looks. You should see Russell Crowe now. He's older than he's supposed to be, but yeah, he he looks like he's twice as old as every single other person at the college. 
Well, you know. But he's Russell Crowe, so who cares? Is that just making sure that was a summarization of the plot? We're right? close. No, we're just the synopsis. Yeah, we're through the first what? Twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, minutes cool. Um, I one thing I do want to talk right. about are the scenes where Nash tries to talk to girls in the bars. Oh, yeah. that's cringy. One time he walks up. He develops a mathematical equation for attractive women, well, right? Sort of. Yeah, it's like. It's sort of. That's. He applies Adam Smith's like economic theory to trying to get laid with his group of friends, and it's horrible. It's horrible. The writing is like they're trying to get, they're trying to make him seem super smart and like. Uh, he can be fuckable, no, but he's no not fuckable, fuckable whatsoever. No, so it's, I don't, it's not even they're that. Just trying to, they're trying it's to like, tell you that this guy's really smart, but they're really saying he's an asshole and a dick. Yeah. Well, no, it goes to the stereotype of just like rich people are assholes, and then There's like no, you know it doesn't work that people. well. It's just about it's just not about rich. smart. Why <laughs> I say rich? I meant smart. Smart people are assholes. And, no, it, well, what it is it really is it's supposed to be his his mental illness. But I, the words he says to this girl, she he walks up to her and he's like, <laughs> he just stares at the floor for like an uncomfortable amount of time with without oh, saying anything, yeah. and then she's like really creeped out Confused. and she says maybe yeah. you want to buy me a drink and he says and he's like no I'd rather skip to right. sex he says given as we're swapping fluids and then he gets giving as we're swa- swapping fluids already Said maybe the script just writer. skip straight to the intercourse <laughs> yeah what? like it is such there's a bad nothing, script it is there's it's nothing really beautiful script. in that mind <laughs> I don't know I don't know. Um, it's yeah. They're trying to portray him as like so smart that he doesn't know how to talk to normal people, but like he's just I mean, not likable. I mean, they did talk about his you know he was antisocial, mm-hmm. but the, they, what they really just did was make him look like an asshole. Yeah, there were ways to do what they were trying to do without just making him a, a complete prick. Yeah. But they didn't do it in this script, so I don't know how I would have done it in the other script in, like, this movie if we didn't see it, you know, well, it, like it's a thing. Well, it's a point they could have improved on, that's all. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. One of many. Yeah. yeah it, so, I just oh, want to start something off just Christ. being like, uh, redeemable qualities of this movie, are there any before we just take a massive just dump on this movie? There are some Anyone? redeemable qualities. I will say this. They approach redeemable. Jennifer Connelly. And then Ron Howard goes, yeah. and just doesn't redeem them. <laughs> he doesn't turn them in. Okay, I will say this. I will say this. Jennifer Connelly's really good. Mm-hmm. She, she gives a good performance. Jennifer Connelly's good. Um, Russell Crowe, even though his West Virginia accent comes and goes does the best with what he's given. Sure, like Russell Crowe's a good actor. Russell Crowe's a great actor. It's not that, that I have the problem with. Yeah, <laughs> Paul Bettany's great. It's not the acting I have a problem with. It's the writing and the direction and the obnoxious cinematography and color grading. Ugh. It's so just tough. This is a real shame. It's, it's, it's also Deacon's. Watch. Did you know that? Roger yeah. Deacon shot this? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, I was about I was about to unveil that too. I'm like, yeah, hey, Ross I mean, boy, oh, I'm no. gonna play my card again. Like, uh-oh. I, 
I love Roger Deakins. Why did he shoot this film? It is pretty upsetting. Uh-oh, you guys. My computer screen went black. But beyond that, Ross. Yeah? What else is there redeemable, sweet child baby? Uh, Let me look at my notes. Well, it's a Ron Howard movie where he didn't shoehorn his brother into it. That's a thing? I don't know about that. Why is that a James Gunn thing? Why did James Gunn start doing that then? Well... Clint Howard shows up in a lot of Ron Howard properties. Like he shows up That's in Arrested Development. He shows up in Arrested Development, um, and he shows up in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And he didn't show up here, so I got to give him credit for not throwing Clint Howard in there in a little throwaway bit part that's just there for laughs. So I got to give him credit there. Fuck. What yeah. Else? Yeah. I- I don't know. I, the, uh, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything that I liked about this movie outside of the performances. I really am. I can't. Well, kids, that's all we got positive <laughs> to say about it. Now, who wants to take the first dump oh, on I this shoot pile? I think we've been dumping I would on like it. to. No, we're going to continue because I got a lot of fucking notes here. Um, there's a point in this movie where Ed Harris, again, great actor, does the best with what he is given. Ed Harris has a line. Is that, the, that, is that is, the name of the movie? It should have been best with what we were given. That's what it should have been. Exactly. Yeah, honestly, we did. The actors did the best with what they were given. That should be the title of the movie. Um, Ed Harris literally says, "Joe McCarthy may be an idiot, but he's right." Yeah. And I'm like, but hold the fuck on, Ron that Howard. Is, okay. This is one of the things that I thought they could have done with this movie that would have been actually pretty good, but they didn't at all. They avoided it. They, they could have. They had an easy route, but they avoided it. This whole thing... Oh, we didn't even get through the plot points, but what the fuck ever. You guys know what the movie's about. You can look it up. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. He has paranoid schizophrenia. Oh, hold on. Let me, I'll go through the plot real fast. First half of the hour, he, it's a spy thriller. Midway point, we realize that he's been hallucinating the whole time and he's a paranoid schizophrenic. The second half of the movie is him trying to get treatment for that and relapsing. And the end of the movie... is The allegory... Wait, the end of the movie, he gets what? End of the movie, he gets a Nobel Prize, and the movie wouldn't Wee. fucking end. No, it just kept bouncing and back and forth. And it was very confusing, and I cried myself love. to sleep. Because, of course. Ugh. Love it conquers does. all. Hey, guys, could you name the central theme of this movie? I couldn't. Yeah, it was so all it's over the place be, it's with supposed its to be love Because of his monologue at the Nobel conference. Um, yeah, I mean... You can tell Ron Howard was going for um, love can get you through any adversity. Yeah, but which, by the way, we, we can talk about the ethics behind this and the biography, like the book biography of this actual guy, because they were unauthorized. <laughs> or the book was, at least. Wait, the oh, the book yeah, was unauthorized. Um, okay. <sighs> okay, the allegory. The obvious allegory that they could have done here. They're talking about a schizophrenic man. Allegory? Is it allegory or allegory? I don't allegory? care. Allegory. Allegory. Yeah, he doesn't care because it's not worth his time getting it right for this movie. That's one of those I've written a thousand times, but rarely say out loud. So sorry. Yeah. Continue either it's way. It's Cold War. The work he's doing is decoding. Like they they assigned him to decode secret Communist Party messages in American newspapers and periodicals and shit. Um, yeah. He's like circling random letters and he thinks he can see all this crazy secret code. And then the Ed Harris character. Where he says, you know, McCarthy was crazy, but he's right. It's like 
it, it, it's because the entire country was schizophrenic in the Cold War. And, and there's there's a perfect yeah, like parallel there yeah. that they could have yeah. completely attacked. I know it's supposed to be about the mathematician guy, like a, a biopic, but... They do a lot of heavy Cold War Bro, kind say of something about symbolism. McCarthy. Don't just give him a throwaway line. Like, yeah, in a way, like, he, like that he, parallel is there in the movie, but it's not built upon. There's no... I don't know. They could have done so much better with that. Yeah, Ron Howard... He keeps tiptoeing towards these interesting ideas and these interesting concepts um, about, you know, the perception of mental illness and, you know, um, American relations with communism and all that kind of these interesting concepts that would make a really good movie. But then once he kind of he dips his toe in and then he comes right back out and just goes back into the boring biopic Mm -hmm. tropes. Well, yeah. Because I think he just read book and went, how to make biopic less very terribly generic while also oh, doing nothing for the genre. I'll give, you a better syn- I'll give you a better synopsis of Ron Howard's thought process in making this movie. Ron Howard reads book. Ron Howard wants Ron, Oscar. Ron wrong. Howard you're makes wrong. movie. You guys, I, I looked into this book, okay? <laughs> completely, like Ron Howard, this movie completely changes things and completely glosses over very huge parts of this guy's life. Um, That's first off, great. I this mean, guy did a... not work for the Pentagon, IRL, in real life. Never. He worked for Rand Corporation. Well, they discussed no. that in the they discussed that in the movie. Yeah, he, there's like a bunch. There's a there's a sequence of him working at the Pentagon. Like it's a whole it's a whole oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, thing. You're right, right. He works for the Department of Defense. That's what he's doing. That's how he meets Ed Harris and stuff. Um, yeah, but. Even though Ed Harris is not a real person in the movie. Right. Because well, no, he's so let's be honest. Most biopic movies, unless they're done by the truth, needs a hint of drama in them. And then that's why you have all these made-up characters. Okay, it's yeah, so a little more detail beyond into the, making up into characters. The um, yeah, into the details of the plot, Ed Harris and the top-secret spy shit that he's been doing the whole time are hallucinations caused by schizophrenia. Right. His roommate, yeah. played by Paul Bettany, was a hallucination the entire time. Correct. Um, You're saying stuff about the movie. Yes, I wanted to get that out there because I don't think we covered that. We did sort of jump to conclusions, but yeah. So I I think there's an argument to be made that the Ed Harris line about McCarthy is is what I just said it could have been. Um, It's just super under Mm. stated, and they never really go back to it directly. Yeah. um, I want to talk about the ending of this movie. I gotta go back to the book stuff. Oh, yeah, you go back to the book stuff and then we'll talk about the ending. This guy worked at Rand Corporation, um, not the Pentagon. He also got fired because they suspected he was a homosexual. And it's a huge part of his life that they just completely did not touch with an eight foot pole. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because up, no one's gonna touch As far about as I could tell, I was reading few, about it, and I guess maybe. Uh, they made up a very fuzzy charge for um, public indecency while he was in the men's restroom and used that as grounds to mm. fire him. But like the biography says, it's because they thought he was gay. He also had several... But the, the biography was... Sorry, go ahead. No, you, you uh, he also had, um, he had an illegitimate kid with a nurse while he was married to um, Jennifer Connelly. I forget her name, Alicia or whatever. Alicia, there's just, there's so much else that happened to this guy, and they just they just omitted it for Hollywood. They made it sexy. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, but the, the Caleb, they base things off a guy's life. They're not going to tell his entire goddamn life story. That's what documentaries are for. Bi- biopics in general fuck up the stories of the people they're telling so I guess I just much. expect like, more. Guys, it's based on a true story. It's not telling a true story. Biopics yeah, like, are the same way. They're Hollywoodifying like, it. Ignoring or changing info about his story isn't what bothers me. What bothers me is the boring fucking storytelling, <laughs> the boring cinematography, the god awful writing. Like this is basically like, a, as I thought about it, like just a college grade level of just being like, "Hey, I I learned Premiere for the first time in a while. I'm going to do the thing." Yeah, like it. It's Ron Howard's first... Well, no, he, this wasn't his first prestige picture because he made, like, some really well-received movies in the mid-'90s, but, like, this is his first movie that got real Oscar buzz, and I don't know, fucking know, like... I don't know, I, I'm not a Ron Howard fan. I think he's a boring... He's the stale white bread of directors. Really? I never would have thought. <laughs> like, he doesn't take risks. He doesn't... I don't know, he doesn't bring anything interesting to the yeah. table. Like he just does things by the book, and yeah, you know, that's what. But that's that was the perfect thing f- for this movie. It's another Oscar bait movie about a guy who yeah. is like the underdog or like love or whatever the hell, and then we get this. That's why Ron so, Howard was brought in to finish the Solo movie. Oh God, I forgot he did Solo. <laughs> yeah. Why the hell was he led to do Solo? Besides the point. Because Disney. Ron Howard. Him. Is boring as shit. That yeah, if you didn't catch that, have we? The only reason Ron Howard is boring as shit. The the only reason that I like one of his movies is because Jim Carrey is incredible as the Grinch. Well, but yeah, but that's I keep well, forgetting he made that movie. I have so many problems with Ron Howard's filmography. It's just he's a boring director, man. If like, you can't make Jim Carrey interesting, then. You you're not going to get money to make movies. Well, I mean that's the thing. Jim Carrey in 2003 he's was interesting as himself. Right. Yeah, he's he didn't fine need Ron himself. Howard to right. make you him just run the camera, and that's nah. what Ron Howard does best: just run the camera yeah. and play it safe. He, exactly. Well, then that's why he's just a cinematographer, and not a director or a writer, and then we're fine. Well, if he's a cinematographer, he's a fucking bad one because this movie didn't look good. That's careful. It's 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 Deacons. Okay. Again, it it is a little bit wor- like doing the best with what you have because I think while like super fucking monotone and boring. Most of the time, very blue. It's a very blue movie <laughs> in terms of colors. Horribly yeah, blue. it's very, it's they very just blue. Turn up the saturation on the blue colors. And uh, like, it it's does, very blue. It's very it sepia. Does match. Yeah, sepia. It does match the content, though. I think. Yeah, the biopic gets the sepia tone, all that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Also, a uh, quick note. Russell Crowe's fingernails made my wife uncomfortable. <laughs> I didn't notice. I was going to talk about that, honestly. You it were? Was, yeah. It was very, yeah, it was very unsettling in my yeah, brain. Yeah, she like, did not like nails, his fingernails. Yeah, em- Emily did not like this movie either. I, what, okay, so I don't really go to the reviews that often, but I'm going to see how much, like, this movie got and stuff. Oh, just so it give was me fucking, one second. people fucking loved it. Like, it was a box office, and I don't know if it was a box office, actually. It was a critical darling when it came out. Let me look. Well, this is why we have the box office to tell us if people went out to see it, yeah. and that's why awards are sure. dumb. The Rotten Tomatoes, the Rotten Tomatoes consensus is the well-acted "A Beautiful Mind" is both a moving love story and a revealing look at mental illness. I mean, yeah, but 
Is it bad that in the moment that when I was trying to type in this movie, I forgot what movie we were talking about because that's so boring and dull. It has space in my brain. <laughs> that could possibly. Oh be my bad, god! Yeah. So Roger Ebert loved this movie, which I like. Rob, I like Roger Ebert, but like, dude, dude gets shit wrong sometimes. We're forming our own opinions here. Um, yeah. So wait, quick question. BPP, I like that. This movie had a fifty-eight million dollar budget. How much did you think it made at the box office? Caleb, go. Uh, three hundred million. I'm gonna say one twenty. Caleb, without going over three hundred thirteen million. Oh shit, million. that was close. God That's damn! A lot. Holy shit, it made a lot of money. I thought I was way yeah, too high, but. Yeah, it made a lot but, of wow. money. I mean, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, guys. I don't so, know what so, people were thinking in 2001. There yeah. are so many other movies to spend your money on, but okay. So many better movies. And Shall we talk about movies. them, yes. gentlemen? Yeah, we're going, to two, we're going to year in film. Let's fucking go. Um, so, A Beautiful Just Mind. Sweep it under the <laughs> It Well, I mean, I, I, I got to go over this shit because, you know, it's important. Eight nominations and four wins. It won Best Picture. Ron Howard, for whatever fucking reason, got Best Director. Hmm. It won Best Adapted Screenplay, which I'm going to get into here when I talk about another movie that came out in 2001. It got Best Supporting Actress for Jennifer Connelly, which that one I'm actually okay with. Jennifer Connelly was great. Yeah, she, was. she was awesome. Yeah, she was the she was the breakout star in that. Like not breakout star, Again, but the like performances you know, weren't the problem. Showing that she's no, they were not the problem. Yeah. Um, so they also got nominated for. Let me scroll through and so I can see the winners. Who they lost to. Um, best film editing, which they lost to Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. Best I can understand makeup. that. That movie's beautifully edited. And then best makeup and best score, which they lost to Fellowship of Good. the Ring. Duh. And then Russell Crowe lost best actor to Denzel Washington in Training Day. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, no one can really. So eight nominations, four wins. The other best picture nominees... Which I am. I've seen most of these. I've seen all but one of these. The other best picture nominees it was going up against were, were Gosford Park, In the Bedroom. That's the one I haven't seen. Moulin Rouge. And The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Which might be one of the best fucking movies ever made. Yeah. I mean. Hey. I want to detract from this just real quick. Tom Cruise was actually scouted for the role. I'm glad it was Russell Crowe. I don't want this tainting Tom Tom Cruise. Though he would have been younger, probably. Oh, he already tainted it already. Yeah, he would have looked better. Well, yeah, as Tom the Cruise doesn't kid. age. We've established that. Right. Um, so Robert and Ron Howard beat um, Ridley Scott in Best Director for Black Hawk Down. He beat David yeah. Lynch for Mulholland Drive. Um, Robert Altman for Gosford Park and Peter Jackson for Fellowship. Um, which I'm not going to complain about Peter Jackson losing this one. They gave him the makeup one for for Return of the King. I'm fine with that. But Peter Jackson was an objectively better director in his movie than Ron Howard was in yeah, his. Yeah, I don't think he was better than David Lynch. I w- that, that's got to go to Lynch. Yeah, he, like, he, yeah, like, I've seen all of the, I mean, out of the best director movies, I've seen all of them except for Black Hawk Down, and Ron Howard is the worst one by far. Yeah, stale white bread, like you said. I don't know. Yeah, stale white bread. No interesting choices. Just plays things by the book and doesn't take mm-hmm. risks. Um, so going to the box office, 
we said, excuse me, that this movie made $313 million. The top five in the box office, from bottom to top, in fifth place, we had Ocean's Eleven. In fourth place, we had oh, Shrek. Oh, yeah. In third place, Monsters, Inc. In second place, we had The Fellowship of the Ring. What do you think was the first one? This is not the fun um, trivia fact I was teasing to you guys before we started recording. Either. This isn't the fun one. I um, couldn't tell you. Probably Spirit <clears throat> Away or fucking... Wait, wait. Did Planet of the Apes by Tim Burton come out this year? Yes, it did, but it was ninth place, I'm, actually. I'm, it was ninth. Damn it. It's not Planet uh, of the Apes. Uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. You are correct, Caleb. It was the f- Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, it had to be. Um, so, I mean... So other big other big releases from this year were obviously Spirited Away from Studio Ghibli, which holy shit, that's incredible. Shrek. It's a fantastic movie in every way. We got Shrek for the first fantastic time. Fantastic movie in every way. I love Shrek so much. Not as good as Shrek too, but when the Shrek sequel's is better, you incredible. know you're doing something good. Mostly. Most of the time. Exactly. Yeah, that's the point of a sequel. Mm. You but make they it never better. Are. Obviously really Fellowship are. of the Ring. Fellowship of the Ring, two thousand one. I am very excited for when we get to the Return of the King episode. Whenever that happens, I'm so excited. That's going to be an episode. (laughs) Like, I'm going to push pause on three weeks of episodes just so we can do one episode about each movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's an idea. All right, like... But you got to get them in 4K. And then, like, this was... Shit, I need need a 4K player first. I don't have a 4K player. I got a 4K TV. Bring it back, children. Bring it on back. Bring it on back. Yeah, okay, so like um, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, we had Ocean's Eleven, the first Fast and Furious movie, Harry Potter franchise started, um, Fellowship, Ituma Matambi, mm-hmm. and from Alfonso Cuaron. Um, fun fact about this year's Oscars this was the very first year that we had a best animated feature at the Oscars. Shrek won. Shrek got the award. So, Shrek, we have Academy Award winning Shrek. There were two other nominees that year. What were those nominees? I want you to uh, guess. It's Monsters, Inc. I think. Yeah, yep. okay. Atlantis? Ooh, good call. Good shout. Nope, not Atlant- Atlantis. Atlantis did come out this year, but it did not get nominated. All right, but what is it If then? it's not Spirited Away... You give up? Then I don't know. No, Spirited Away was not the be, other nominee. Which I'm is not surprised shocking. because people don't like foreign animated films. Well, Ghibli usually gets a nomination, so I'm a little shocked that it wasn't... <laughs> Do you want to know what the other fucking nominee for Best Animated Feature oh was? Oh, boy. Yes. Jimmy Neutron uh, Boy yeah, Genius. Yes! <laughs> yes! I'm for that. Damn. I'm yes. for that. Jimmy, Academy Award nominated Jimmy Neutron was the third nominee in the inaugural Best Animated Feature category. That's pretty great. I'm for that. Also, um, leading in the nominations this year was Fellowship of the Ring. With 13 nominations, which I think was one short of tying the record. Um, and then A Beautiful Wait, Mind. Wait, you said 13? 13. The most wins was a tie between Fellowship and A Beautiful Mind, who each took home four wins. Yeah. I was surprised. Didn't um, Fellowship did not win Best Costumes, right? No, I did. It did. Fellowship ended up coming home with best score. Best. Oh, I'm scrolling through here. It came home. Fellowship won. I thought. Um, uh, Moulin Rouge won, won best costumes. Moulin Rouge. Uh, Fellowship won best original score, 
It won Best Cinematography, so there's two. Best Makeup, that's three. And Best Visual Effects, that's four. And Moulin Rouge did come in. I remember there was one. So, yeah, you are correct. Well, it was supposed to. Did I list the other nominees for Best Picture for that year? Yes, you did. I did? Okay. Yeah. I just want to talk. I just want to talk about how good this year was. It's a great stack of like release of movies. That's yeah. the big old end all. But like, there's yeah. And a beautiful that's it. mind. Right. So like that's the end beat all them all out somehow. Yeah. And yeah. Whoa. <laughs> great choice, you Academy. Are we in agreement that? This should not have won Best oh, Picture. Yeah. I think so. Like, I no, think it's never. pretty obvious. Not in any year, they of got any it time, wrong. or any whatever. Of course they, they got, got it wrong. wrong. They get it wrong most of the time. Yeah. Um, what but do again, you think? I, I think I know both biased. of your answers to this question, but who should have won? Caleb? Whole of the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I think if Return of the King won Best Picture, Fellowship of the Ring is objectively a oh, better Oh, shit. Film Caleb just dropped out. Front okay, back. we'll wait Yay, for Caleb to join technical <laughs> difficulties. Woo! All right, uh, Dylan. So, um, so that Caleb be... comes back. Dylan, So, what do you personally, think? like, I have this, uh, like, I have this unpopular opinion that, like, Enemy at the Gates was actually just, like, a fantastic movie. So, I, have like, seen, I have not seen Enemy at the Gates, actually, so I'll check It's a out great movie of just how, like, fucked up it was to be a Soviet soldier it, it's got so jude like, law right yeah it's jude law i believe um who's hellboy again in the the ron perlman. del toro ron perlman's in it um you have the old guy ed harris is in it i like ed harris i really like ed harris like ed harris is in a beautiful mind and he's great yeah he's got it so like oh shit here after goes that it just goes basically just I don't know, but like I'm a big slut for Lord of the Rings, so like you know it just goes from there. Yeah, I, I agree. Fellowship. Hey, Caleb, welcome I, back. I said Fellowship. These are uh, virtual podcasts. Yeah, we heard you. You said Fellowship, and then you immediately cut out. It was like a mic. I drop. think I did record the audio. I don't know. We'll see. Fellowship done. All right. So, um, yeah, we agree. Fellowship should have won. And before we get to the wheel of watching, I would just like to say. A Beautiful Mind wouldn't fucking end. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, it wouldn't fucking end for years. The it last... Was like, so, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna shit on this real quick. It's like Return of the King where it's like, oh, we're near the end, but we still have half an hour, oh yeah, God, Yeah, but Return of the King had the life? benefit of having like 10 hours previous, like, stuff building Leading up to up that to conclusion, it. and A Beautiful Mind had like an hour and a half. Oh, and also yeah. the um, Return of the King ending is actually good. <laughs> also that... That's a fair statement. That's a fair statement. It's Return actually of the good. King is also a good movie. Um, that's <laughs> therein lies the difference. Yeah. Yep. Well, Dylan, spin the fucking wheel of watching and tell us what slop we're Let's watching next week. God damn it! Jesus Christ, you you downers, you all Ron downers. Howard's the downer My beautiful here. mind got me down. That's a fair statement. All right. Seven. It happened one night. Seven? <gasps> like, oh, legitimately seven. Seven? It happened one night? That's a that good movie. A I've movie. seen that. I'm oh, pretty well, stoked good. it happened one night. Yeah. I'm all about that. We're getting off the slop right, I know nothing week, about this. We're getting off the slop. Wait, is this a silent movie? Mm-mm. No, it's not a silent movie. It's, I was about to say, guys, talky. you're about to be one man short. I'm going to be busy that night, so I apologize. <laughs> 
happened one night. All right. It all is right. a good movie. So, really real quick, like before it. we do all that, we kind of missed the thing of what would we rate this movie? And why oh. is it one out of ten from Dylan Bateson? Whoa. Dylan gets so Dylan gives it a one. I'm gonna give it a three just for the performances. The performance are good. Performances are good. I give it a three. The performances are good. Everything else sucks. Yeah, yeah I'm at I'm at a three point five. I love my point fives. I haven't done an even number yet, but uh you haven't got yeah you haven't done a full number I like once the middle road you know no nah, I don't at all actually but you know well, 3.5 um, that brings us to an average of 2.5 on the dot a true winner Whoa. so by far our lowest rating yet yep even with Dylan completely trashing the average of Mrs. Miniver this is our worst movie yet <laughs> I'm chaos <laughs> 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 Yeah, Dylan's given a four, an eight, and a one so Bouncing far. Bouncing around. <laughs> they have been very, very different movies, you to, guys be, can't to be guess. fair. You can't guess. Yeah, yeah they've been By the end of this different. 90, what, 89 episodes from now or whatever, 88, we will have... Well, by the time we finish, there will be another two... Yeah. Like, the uh, 93rd are coming million, up, whatever. and we're not going to yeah. finish by the 94th, so, you know, we're going to have an extra two, so we're really looking at another, ni- another 92 many, episodes maybe by the end this. we'll have some idea of Dylan's taste in movies. Maybe. maybe. We can no only one hope. will ever know. You can, can only, only find those on the episodes where Ross and I just yelled at each other for, like, 15 minutes or an hour or an eternity. We're, we're going to do a Star Wars episode one day, and we are literally going to scream at each other for 60 minutes. Here's the thing. I'm gonna pretend. I'm gonna have like this pre-recorded thing where it sounds like I'm recording from here, but you hear a knock at your door. <laughs> and it's just me kicking in the door, being like, "Listen here, motherfucker." All right. Well, that's our beautiful mind Sorry, episode. Guys. I hate it. It's relatively it. short well, because we don't want to talk about episode. it anymore. The episode was yeah. good. I hated the movie. Um, before we go, thank you, Eric, for letting us use your music as our theme song. Follow us on Twitter at binge picture. Follow us on Letterboxd at Binge Picture Pod or send us an email, uh, bingepicturepod at gmail.com. Um, send us your thoughts, your questions, your concerns, your criticisms. We're here for all of it. Join us next week for a good movie. A really good movie. It happened one night. I don't know anything about I'm this movie, really so let's excited. see. It's good. You might like it, Dylan. Um, um, surprising yeah, and yet doubtful. Helpful. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. But uh, you hit it here first, yeah, we'll guys. See Dylan likes uh, Ron it. Howard, Beautiful Mind, a picture not to binge. Don't no, binge don't it. Don't binge it. For the love of God, don't binge it. Mm-hmm.